0: Episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by of City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka Referees, In another great pod to talk about the NFL.com top top 100. All right, Reese, we're getting right into it. Patrick Mahomes, number eight on the all not even the all time sorry the 2022 list. Are you kidding me? Number eight. Let's go, Reese. Instant reaction. No, no, no hellos. How's your week? None of that stuff. What is, what is this
1: Mahomes number eight? Kind of blindsided me here. They're just coming straight out the gate, just blasting like Danny DeVito. Um, so, I mean, Mahomes at 8 is surprising, and it isn't surprising. The reason it's not surprising is that, you know, by and large, as much as you can be disrespected being a top-four player, Mahomes is oftentimes snubbed out of, like, the tippy-top spots for kind of, like, questionable players for questionable reasons, and that's been the thing. I know he was number one last year. I get it, but that's coming off two straight Super Bowls, you know, in, like, three straight fantastic statistical years. Uh, I would say I'm... Equally part surprise, Mahomes is 8 and Josh Allen's 13. Uh, I would have thought, especially coming off that playoff game they both had, it's like, how do you not have these guys both in like the top 6, probably? I'd say Josh Allen at 6. I would have put Mahomes at 4. I don't think Tom Brady should have been as high as he was. I think he had a statistically great year, but you know when he suddenly didn't have all-stars at basically every skill position we saw the return of new england brady in which he's short-arming a lot of things his accuracy downfield's pretty bad and his arm strength's getting pretty noodly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my instant take on this, but I feel like I could go on and on and on. But I want to hear what you have to say first.
0: Well, I'm curious as to like what the what the qualifications are for the top player in the NFL, because if if that means it is the most skilled player as opposed to the most decorate decorated player, then fine. Tom Brady can be number one for the next like 40 years if he decides to play till he's 80. But if it if it's like a mashup of has to be talent, has to be accolades, has to be how they performed last year, then you can't put Patrick Mahomes at eight. I mean, look at the guys after him or sorry, that are that are before him. Devontae Adams is number 7. You can't are, are, are 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 you are you kidding me you as a as a wide receiver? Okay, he he led the league in receiving yards last year. Big whoop, dude. Patrick Mahomes slinging the ball gets better every year yeah of course he he hasn't had his like 5,000 yard season that he had his second year but Patrick Mahomes is objectively getting better every year maybe he's not one of those guys that the writers are going to vote for in the MVP kind of like LeBron James is not going to get the MVP every single year although so for some reason Aaron Rodgers keeps getting MVP but you know what I mean like, like Patrick Mahomes has already surpassed his like bell of the ball years and because of that nfl.com all these beat writers are like oh well we're just trying to find the next Lamar Jackson we're just trying to find the next Kyler Murray we're just trying to find the next blah 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 like like, I bet Malik Willis is going to play two games and then he's going to be the the MVP of the NFL or something like that because they love to hear a story and Patrick Mahomes is past his story years he's just a good NFL player so I think there's more of a narrative here than not a narrative. Um, We see that in Devontae Adams, who else is on this list. We see that in Jonathan Taylor. We see that in Cooper Cup, all these guys before him. I mean, come on. Patrick Mahomes is objectively the LeBron James of the NFL. He deserves to be the MVP every single year and deserves
1: to be known as the most talented player in the NFL. You know, it's, that's a really good point. I will say one thing, too. I, I don't want to get hated on for this, because you know me. I am all for the contrarian, you know, like, go against the flow, man. But the fact that Aaron Donald is, like, always number one on this list. Guys, Aaron Donald is very good. Aaron Donald is not the best player in the National Football League. He's not. He's very good at what he does. But I, I don't watch a game and say, like, wow, look at Aaron Donald completely changing the flow of this all by himself. And it's hard to do that now on defense in the National Football League. I understand that, but it's not even like he's a sexy position where, you know, I think if you go back to, like, 2011, 2012, and you had, like, one of those Legion of Boom guys, probably, like, Cam Chancellor as the number one player in the NFL, it's like, yeah, I get that. Like, he's he's making huge tackles, he's causing fumbles, he's causing interceptions, but... I just think Aaron Donald having this stranglehold all pun intended on the number 1 spot for the better part of the last 4 or 5 years is pretty unwarranted.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I'll ask you this question, do you think the Rams would have won last year without Von Miller?
1: Uh You know, I specifically
0: I of, the Rams Bengals Super Bowl game, not not the whole season. Specifically no, I, I, that game.
1: I, I thought of that and I I'm not so sure they I do. I think uh, he was contained pretty well for the better part of two and a half quarters. Remember they, they only had one sack on Joe Burrow in the first half and it was in like right. their two minute drill offense where I think he kind of had to give up a sack. Uh, but I mean I was again I, I think he's great. I think he's relentless but like I'm never blown away watching Aaron Donald even the way that I was watching like Michael Strahan or Reggie White or some of those dudes back in the turn of the century.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people forget that The pressure that Von Von Miller put on that Bengals D sorry Bengals O line was significant and helped Aaron Donald get into having that game glitching pass rush in the Super Bowl. Like all all those things matter where I know like we have, you know, I know people that are going to listen to this say, well, Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes has Tyreek Hill and that's it. I'm sorry, but give give me give me Patrick Mahomes. give, Give me the Rams Chiefs. And give me Patrick Holmes without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill over Aaron Donald not having any of his defensive superstars, and the Chiefs blow them
1: out. I agree. And, you know, he's got Jalen Ramsey locking down one side of that field, too. So he's getting a lot more time with his players locking up people in coverage. And, you know what? Speaking of Von Miller, I don't often do super hot takes on the show. I would like to Here submit a request for a hot take, please. Yeah. Um, Yes. Please type in your name.
0: You'll have a one hundred fifty dollar application fee, but we can talk about that later when we talk about Patreon.
1: Speaking of Von Miller, (laughs) speaking of Von Miller, I think Von Miller was far more impressive in his prime and far more impressively dominant in the Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers than Aaron Donald has been in his career and the Super Bowl against both the Patriots and the Bengals. Wow. Um, I'll have to go back,
0: and I, I don't have enough information to look at that, but I mean, from seeing Von Miller against the Chiefs twice a year for the past how many years he's been in the league, like, yeah, obviously incredibly impressive. One of the most explosive players I've ever seen on the
1: defensive line. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna taking a step further. Let's go. Let's go, referees. We're going hot today. Aaron Donald is just Chris Jones who can finish. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well,
0: and and I mean... uh... I know you're not the the Chris Jones super fan as I am but I mean for the longest time people were putting Chris Jones head to head with Aaron Donald it was Aaron Donald one Chris Jones two so I mean that's really not the hottest take but because I know you don't like Chris Jones as much as other people do that is a hot Reese take it's a very hot
1: Reese take <laughs> by comparison by contrast
0: let's let's keep the hot Reese take so we've talked about NFL.com let's talk about something that's coming up in the near future Reese and that is the fountain fan Tennessee draft which is going to happen this wednesday doesn't really matter for people that listen unless you listen to the uh listen or you're on our draft or you're on our text chain if you want to join our text chain we'll, we'll talk about that later for our patreon people but reese give us a little precursor about this draft that we have going on any hot takes you have right off the bat
1: Yeah, so Ramon and I talked about doing a live stream for this, but we're like, wait, how do we have a war room where we're talking about our moves when the people we're making moves against could just turn into the war room and snipe our players? So that quickly got kicked to the curb. (laughs) But this is year two of the Fountain Fantasy League coming off of a dominating. I mean, we're talking like just straight up dominating performance last year is the incumbent champion Stone Cold Chief Austin. Did he just draft well and he just sit on those players? Did he acqu- did he acquire those dudes? No, he, he drafted well. I remember he took Cooper Cup
0: in like the seventh round because, oh. I mean, Cooper Cup was good, but Cooper Cup was not Cooper Cup right now. Actually, I was going through it. Since we were going to edit this, let me...
1: Let me go back and look at his team because I, I still have it. No, I'll, I'll keep talking about this. While you're Okay, looking keep at going, I'll look. T- while you're looking at his team, though, I got a question for you. Uh, I know you said in the group... Seven bench spots in one IR is that correct? Yep. Yeah.
0: So seven is standard league, um, and then bench or sorry, IR is is the like ever changing one. But seven is standard.
1: Can I talk you down to Oof, on live air huh? to five bench spots Ooh. in one IR? <laughs> All right. You, give me give me the pitch. Just because last year, way more so than my work league, like I think we got a lot of experience uh fantasy football players in this pool mm-hmm. plus with it being a 12 team league when you have that many bench spots with this many people that know what's going on i mean waiver wire and everything is just picked clean
0: yeah so if we but like if so for example if we do do that oh there is a history section sorry there we go i you're I'm just gonna look at it real quick um, so if we do do that, one, one of your spots going to be probably a QB, one of them is probably going to be a tight end. Uh, I hope you don't have multiple kickers, but then that only leaves us for three like possible running back wide receiver combos. And mm. that to me is a liability because I'm also going to personally, I'm going to use one of those spots, um, for insurance back. So if I, for example, we were talking about Dalvin cook today, um, I would want to draft Al- Alexander Madison or someone that I know is never gonna play, but I wanna have him on my team just in case because of Dalvin Cook's injuries. So then if that's three spots and I really have only two
1: interchangeable spots, which I don't like. Let me see. So you But I see what you, but I see what you mean. Quarterback, you can say quarterback, tight end, and then uh, yeah. yeah that is tricky when you put it when you put it that way it is really tricky last year i was really in a lot of my leagues i was running back starved because there were a lot of injured running backs last year but i did have a lot of wide receivers maybe Uh, i'm wrong maybe what about six then quarterback. Yeah, maybe we can do six yeah quarterback tight end two wide receivers two uh running backs and then like a flex or something like that for a backup I mean
0: I uh, you,
1: you can put it to the chat and we'll
0: see what they say but I am very much a I want as many running backs and as many wide receivers as I can because I know you like I I literally make like If I can, I average five to six changes every week where I'm just, like, flipping players. I'm Uh, always flipping players because... Okay, so look at... um, Okay, now I I am looking at Stone Cold Chief Austin's roster right now. So I don't know where he drafted, but I'm just going to assume all these things. He drafted Travis Kelsey first. Yep. The rest of his lineup, I can't tell, but some value picks that he had was Jamar Chase. Cool. I mean, there's there's no way Jamar Chase was going in the first three no. rounds last year. Like no. everyone knew he was going to be good, but no one knew he was going to be like one of the best fantasy players to ever live. And either draft S- in preseason. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. His fantasy stock was actually low um, to start out with. Um, So that was the biggest value pick. Second biggest value pick, Cooper Cup, as we talked about already. Third value pick Cordero Patterson, where he probably picked up in free agency. But Cordero Patterson was ranked ninth running back at the end of the year he had a big he had a big drop off but for most of the year he was he was running back five i mean great pickup by him so those are just three incredible value picks that he got probably during the draft um who else did he have he started tyler huntley in the championship round really he started tyler huntley who was his quarterback otherwise ryan Tannehill uh tanny was which okay is, which is why i talk about value quarterbacks there there really is not a big difference between quarterback five and quarterback 10 through 11 i mean it, we're really talking 20 30 points overall difference if you're not going to get mahomes allen Um, I don't know who else hurts, you know, people that have legs. Yeah. So yeah, really, really smart draft he had, but yeah, his final lineup wasn't anything. Oh, and then he, he had Debo Samuel. So I'm sure he got Debo like, dude, he had Debo like Chase and Debo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get the frick out of here. That's unfair (laughs) last year. And then he had James, he had James Robinson on his IR and he probably drafted James Robinson like first or second. I mean. You know, just yeah,
1: home run hitters, and then Travis Kelsey, obviously. You know, so funny last year is I almost said this, uh, so I was stuck and I was unable to attend the draft last year uh, for family reasons. But uh, one of the sleeper players I really wanted to take, kind of like a mid late round flyer on, was Debo Samuel because I'm like, yo, a lot of those players in the Super Bowl team aren't on San Francisco anymore. And I said, and during that Super Bowl, I thought he was the most sleeper dangerous guy because of how fast he was. And lo and behold, I saw you drafted a wide receiver. I'm like, hell yeah, Armado's on my page. And I saw it was Brandon Ayuk, and I'm just like, crap, <laughs> dude. I actually, I actually did
0: find the draft recap. Really? Ooh, this this actually might be fun. Okay, wait, let's let's look at some let's look at some duds. Uh oh,
1: am going to edit,
0: edit some of this. But let's see, going. Uh, yeah, so we had a dud. Our first pick was Zeke Elliot? Yeah, our first pick was Zeke at eight. That was his own fault. Zeke Zeke <laughs> screwed Zeke, not us. But then, but then we had an amazing second round where we got Austin Eckler in the that second round. So yep, that was a good pick. Who did Who did Stone? Yeah, Stone Cold pick uh, Travis Kelsey first. Yep. Then he he picked DK Metcalf second. Oh my
1: gosh!
0: And Are you he still won me? the league. He still and then he picked he picked James he picked James Robinson in the third round. Oh my gosh. Gus wait and then Gus Edwards in the fourth round. Are you wait? Maybe he did. Yep, he got Cooper. Okay. Let's just look at his team. He got Cooper Cup in the fifth. Yep. Ryan Tannehill in the sixth. He got Debo in the seventh oh round. gosh, dude. Jamar in the eighth. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. Just home run hitters eight, nine, ten. Uh James Conner in the ninth. Pretty good. And then so, he, uh, Antonio Brown in the 10th.
1: <laughs> and again, funny.
0: not when, when Brown was playing, <laughs> Brown was pretty good last year. Yeah. 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 Totally. So yeah, he probably had like a really good like two or three weeks with them. Let's see. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. So you know what? I think he did he just had like three solid rounds and he won the championship. The rest were waiver wire.
1: I was, so I was gonna say, so you're telling me that he essentially pulled a, a Chiefs in fantasy football in the sense of like his middle rounds were just stellar and just knocked yep. everything out of the park. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's getting those Brian Cooks. It's getting those, those Creed Humphreys, Trey Smiths. Totally. Marcus right, Peters, let me, Tyree let, Kills, Trey Smith. Let
0: me look at let me look at the worst pick, like by value. I mean, honestly, ours might be one of the worst. Zeke at eight. uh, But there has to be worse than that. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Calvin Ridley. Karen Rogers. Uh, Sam picked Cal Ridley in the second round. No, Wasn't that when he tried to,
1: like, he tried to completely gaslight Alex. It was like Calvin Ridley and like a left sneaker for like Justin Jefferson. <laughs> like Chris Carson or something like that. No, it was yeah. JT and Justin Jefferson. Oh my god! For gosh. Calvin Ridley for and, like, Cal- and like a puma.
0: Get out of here. Oh, actually... Um Joel chose uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire in the second round. Well, yeah. we, in in his defense, we all wanted Clyde to be good last year. We really totally. Did. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There's some. There's some good ones here. All right. I think that. I think that's it. But there's. Oh, well. Actually, uh, Saquon Barkley goes first in the second round mm. to our boy uh, Buffalo Mike.
1: Oh my gosh. Do you think Saquon gets drafted this year?
0: Yeah, yeah, because he can still be the cowbell. It's just injuries. But um, if anyone takes him before the fourth round,
1: oh yeah, that's not good. He's sneaky flyer lottery play. Oh sorry. Oh yeah, we have a five a.m. this morning. He's still licking his stitches, man. Oh really? Is he? Is he still in the cone? Cone of shame. So he actually, we took him out of the cone after the like first full day home because he really wasn't bugging his stitches that much. We got him on tranquilizers, like some of that Joko soccer mom tranquilizer. So uh-huh. he's just like chilling out. Dude, I'll send you some photos. Bowie is on a different planet when he's taking one of these pills. <laughs> there was legit one of these times where we gave him a, a pizzle stick and he's sitting on the couch and we're sitting on the patio outside and we look inside and like the stick is literally just like sitting in his mouth and he's like staring out into space and I'm like, I legit thinks he forgot that he, like he has a stick sticking out of his mouth. He's just like... <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's having a good time. He's having a good time. That, that is funny. Reese, if someone
0: loves this podcast so much that it's almost like they're on sedatives, how can they
1: donate to this podcast? You can donate to Fountain City Sports Media by following our Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM where you'll get outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews, as well as our current 10-part deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise called Speedy and Angry. Uh, co-hosted by myself and Alex the Rad Russian Nikolenko, we just posted Fast 5's recap on Monday, so to our Patreon supporters, thank you very much for listening. For anybody that wants to donate the price of one cup of coffee a month and get in on that Fast and Furious action, patreon.com backslash fcsm. Otherwise, check us out on Instagram, Facebook at Fountain City SM, as well as, okay, have we updated our TikTok anytime soon, anytime recently? Uh,
0: no, yeah, we haven't been using it. <laughs> But still find us there's
1: some fun videos on there. We have a TikTok. Uh yeah, Ch- check out Fountain City Sports media TikTok. If we get some followers on that, we'll uh we'll start posting more stuff there too. <laughs>
0: excellent we have just surpassed if reese didn't say it right now uh, we just surpassed uh, 200 followers on instagram really awesome stuff we we can't tell you our algorithm or who we're paying
1: to do our marketing but boy is it working reese it's called the method and if you want to find the method we'll (laughs) tell you the method if you become a patreon fan but that's that's all we're gonna say
0: speaking about the method some for some reason the chiefs have some method in preseason and just keep winning and winning and winning the kansas city chiefs win 17 to 10 against the green bay packers a super bowl preview dare i say just with completely different players that you'll see uh if we do go to the super bowl so reese let's talk about some winners maybe there's some losers in this game and then let's go ahead and review a beer after that we haven't done a beer review in a while so i'm excited to do that so ladies and gentlemen stay tuned for a fun beer review But before we do that, let's talk about some winners. Go ahead, Reese. Why don't you start off for us? Who did you like from this win against the Green Bay Packers? I would
1: say a winner in this one is probably Shane Buchel. Stuff in the stat sheet with an 11 for 17, 166 yards, and two touchdown day. No interceptions. It really makes you wonder, as I brought up after week two, uh, is Shane Buchel... The new quarterback, too, for this team. He's got a lot of years on Henny in terms of youth, and I think he really showed out. He had a lot of targets. He looked like a good guy. Yeah, I love Shane Buchel. He looks very calm in the pocket.
0: There were a few times where he was getting pressured and was able to get out of the pocket or was able to actually run. Not that he can run very fast, but he's just really smart. I, actually, I, I really enjoy the decisions that he makes. He's able to put it right in the pocket. He's able to make tough throws. Uh, But like you said, I don't... I don't think he's going to be quarterback two anytime soon. I just think that Andy Reid sees the end of Chad Henney in the near future, and he's trying to develop Shane so that maybe Shane can become a quarterback two for the Kansas City Chiefs because now Patrick Mahomes is no longer this rookie quarterback, no longer this young quarterback. He is a professional quarterback that doesn't necessarily need a uh, a veteran by his side anymore, so it might be fun to have a young guy like Shane Buchel um, to learn uh, with Patrick Mahomes and have you know a fresh guy in there in case anything happens to Pat so I like Shane I just don't think he's going to be quarterback two this year but it's possible next year we throw him in there and maybe Andy Reid reverses roles, so has Shane Buschel be two, and then he gets like a, a veteran at number three, so that there's still that, you know, old presence within the
1: quarterback room that's not Patrick Mahomes. Here's the one thing I would say that I'm a little concerned about with Shane Buchel is I think good for him, he has a knack for tucking and running, which is really cool. Except, like you said, he's not that big of a guy, and he doesn't run out of bounds to protect himself that much. And he seems like one of those guys that in his second game of six that he's going to be playing, barring an injury, he just gets crushed, and suddenly you have to bring in your third stringer Ben Denucci or something like that, right. and you go and you go from okay Shane needs to Deep hold the cut, fort, dude. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> it goes from Shane needing to hold down the fort to six weeks to oh crap, Ben Denucci now has to hold down the fort <laughs> for four weeks.
0: Dude, I think Ben DiNucci was like on Monday Night Football with the Cowboys, and I remember like ESPN like had no idea what to run that Monday morning. And they were just like, "All right, I guess we'll just talk about Ben DiNucci for ten hours." <laughs>
1: Dude, the pride of where's he from? East Carolina was no, not uh, uh, Eastern How Illinois. You wasn't know he? That? I have no idea. I think what, I'm gonna look this up because I know Tony Romo was Eastern Illinois. Ben DiNucci was. James Madison, I'm sorry. He was James Madison. I don't How dare you? Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> point still stands. Who was your who was your pick <laughs> in this? Uh, I was really surprised and impressed by
0: Ronald Jones uh, the other day. I think Ronald Jones had some great explosion um, off the ball when he got handed it to him in that first half, uh, those first couple of drives that he had. I mean, for most of the preseason and for most of training camp, we hadn't heard a lot of Ronald Jones buzz. I know that we had even talked about, maybe he's not even going to make the team, uh, but it was nice to see him uh, in a couple of plays here and there. I don't know. And um, this, this running back group is so confusing to me. Uh, um, I know Andy Reid knows what he's going to run and who is, you know, RB1, RB2, RB3, RB4, but I have no idea where to place Ronald Jones right now. I think eventually Pacheco is going to make his way into that running back two, running back one. But, uh, the, uh, last night or whenever this game was really showed me that Ronald Jones does have a place on this team and it could be higher than we thought.
1: Man, the situation of Ronald Jones is so perplexing because I will say in this game, this was the one time this preseason and even training camp where it's like you watch Ronald Jones and you go, oh, this is the guy that when we brought him in back in April, whenever that I'm like, oh, he could steal the running back one spot. Eight carries, 43 yards for a 5.4 average. Uh, Yeah, he ran hard. He ran bruising. He ran with a purpose he looked kind of lost and confused up into this point so it was nice seeing him do what he did and after the game i was kind of on the train of like i still don't think we'll keep him but i think this was an audition for other teams they're going to probably want to pick up a ronald jones but now recently you're seeing guys like sony michelle getting released so like who would want to give the chiefs like any sort of trade resource when you can get a sony michelle or ah oh crap who else is the other one who's on the the open market right now, running back wise. Ugh, it's, kill, it's killing me. It'll come to me later. But like, I don't know. There's a lot of them. You, you ain't giving the Chiefs anything for Ronald Jones when you pick up Sonny Michelle, you know, like off the street corner right now. Um, so, you know, and then we go and lose Blake Bell, so we probably could maybe keep another running back spot, and then rest in peace to the one game wonder, Matt Bushman going down at tight end. So now we only have two tight ends really on the roster, so it's like Are we going to keep four running backs now? Probably. What do we have to lose to keep Jones for peanuts? Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Especially especially because CH we have no idea what's going to happen with him. I mean, if CH has like two bad games, I wouldn't be surprised if Andy just goes. All right. Pacheco, you're up like this is it for you. I think Jared McKinnon is like a solid number two option. He just can't be in this cowbell role like Jared. Jared McKinnon's good when he only sees the field like 20 percent of the time. Or he's getting, you know, three or four catches and maybe like six carries a game. Um, but Jeremy McKinnon is not like day in, day out, like first second third down running back it's so So he's also very peculiar where like where do you put him on the depth chart and then okay we just saw ronald jones who can be that second third down back right he's not huge but he's explosive um so yeah i i have more question marks after that game but it was nice to see ronald jones do what he does because i was very worried that he was just a bust
1: You know, watching the way they've been handing the ball off in the preseason, it almost seems to me like the plan going into the season is Clyde Edwards-Alaire is running back one. Sure. Jerick, Jerick McKinnon is like third down running back. And then Pacheco is kind of ambiguous running back two. Although I will say another winner in this game for me is Isaiah Pacheco. Considering yep. he was playing a lot of time with a lot of second stringers here. 10 carries for 52 yards for 5.2 yard average. And he also had a 13 yard run negated on a pretty soft holding penalty. Yeah. So I would say this is the first time we finally got to see some of those explosions from Pacheco we've been looking for. He had a lot of good decision-making. I would say there were two plays in particular. uh, If you go back and watch it, someone posted his highlight reel from this game. Sometime in the third quarter, he diced up the middle on an ISO play and managed to get about eight or nine yards when there really wasn't anything there. And there was another play where he turned the corner on the outside, the two guys stiff-arming one of them out of the way, that it looked like it was going to be like a loss of one or no gain, and he wound up turning it again into like another gain of eight or nine. So... Those were both plays, and I'm just like, Clyde's not turning that. Clyde doesn't have the burst to hit those lanes in the middle of, like, a dog pile scrum. Clyde doesn't have the speed to turn the corner or the strength to stiff arm a guy off turning the corner. So, you know, I think the Pacheco hype got pretty high. I think we all kind of came back down to earth. But I think we're starting to see the glimpses of what this guy can be. Because remember, Kareem Hunt... Only started the first week against the Patriots out of circumstance, wasn't it? Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware both went down in training camp. And guys, right. let's be let's be honest. We know what Kareem Hunt is. We've seen what Kareem Hunt is. If he couldn't get higher in the depth chart than Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware, maybe there's a difference between when the lights are actually shining and it's game time versus preseason in training camp. Yeah, totally. I um I, I was very impressed by his change of direction
0: I mean that's something that Clyde Edwards can't do the way that he's able to like use his footwork and go immediately to another side when he goes like he he's going right he quickly can go to the left and I think a lot of the question marks that we saw in week two of preseason where he missed that like open hole to the right and decided to go like in the middle um, I think those questions have been answered because he did make a couple of plays where he saw the field so that was really nice to see Pacheco do but I, I I'm just so impressed by chain of direction and explosion that, again, we haven't seen in a very, very, very long time. And and I don't want to make the Kareem Hunt comparisons yet, but we haven't seen something like that since Kareem Hunt Um, still haven't seen a lot of uh, him being targeted as a as a receiver, which would be nice. It would be nice to have someone um, like that, although Jared McKinnon kind of fills that role of the of the catching uh, catching back, which would be nice for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but I saw a lot of great stuff, and I would not be surprised. Isaiah Pacheco, week eight, week nine, running back one, could be great. I wouldn't be upset about it. You know yeah. what? Hot take, Mondo. Hot take. I don't know who we're playing. Week eight, eight, nine. Maybe there's a buy. Week eight, Isaiah Pacheco is going to be running back number one for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, book it.
1: Did we ever figure out a Fountain City Sports Media bookie? By the way. <laughs>
0: um should we call calvin ridley's bookie or no so uh, yeah, yeah we'll get who wants to get suspended from the fountain fantasy league for one year <laughs> well i i accidentally gave nine dollars but i didn't know it was a ten dollar buy-in oh you're back of the line anyway. <laughs> all right so we got ronald jones we got isaiah pacheco any other people that you like terese
1: um you know, I would say these are just kind of people I'm giving some shout-out props to. Doris Fountain again kind of showed up. Two uh, receptions. Oh yeah, for great, great couple catches, yeah. I think I think he secured his way into that wide receiver six spot. Um You know, Jody Fortson had another quietly good game. Three uh, receptions, 26 yards. Not quite as great as Matt Bushman. Dude, I tell you what. Uh call it dumb luck. I'm not saying he was gonna be the next coming to Travis Kels or anything, but like Dude, Bushman looked like Walmart Gronk out there. I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I big, believe it. Yeah, big, beefy dude who's not that fast. But like, the way he runs, you're like, yo, who wants to hit that? I don't want to hit that, you know? <laughs> and, I mean, he had that really long touchdown where, like, he just ran his route, got open, took it to the house. Uh, you know, he he looked great. And, of course, you know, the, the very last inconsequential improvised play he was in, you know, he winds up fracturing yeah, his clavicle, clavicle so he's, yeah. he's probably out for... The foreseeable future but dude, I tell you what uh, if you want the tight end who most replicates Kelsey's skill set it might be Matt Bushman
0: yeah and you know what we uh, you know what confuses me is we saw Bushman we saw Fortson we didn't see a lot of Blake Bell why haven't we seen a lot of Noah Gray am I am I missing something in Chiefs
1: news uh, Noah Gray's been popping up here and there he's actually made a little bit more noise in the preseason games than he had last year and all last season my guess is, uh, you know, they're going to have to keep him now because they're down Bell and Bushman until at least right. probably week eight. Uh, right. I wouldn't be surprised if given his build, they don't maybe try and use Noah Gray in kind of more of a hybrid fullback type role, especially since they're going to be keeping uh, what's his nuts, uh, Michael Burton, right? So I could see him being like, okay, Noah Gray is our tight end emergency and our fullback insurance in terms of like blocking and, you know, receiving routes. I'm just I'm just
0: confused whether they aren't using Noah Gray because they know he's going to be on the team and they don't need to see anything more or that Jody Fortson is that much better than Noah Gray and they want to develop Jody over they want to develop Noah. And I'm very confused as to what where the narrative is there and whether they've
1: kind of not given up on Noah, but they're more excited now about Jody. I think they're more excited about Jody. I mean, Jody's a bigger body. Jody's like a full six, six, two hundred and what, like 60 or whatever he is. You know, he's (coughs) a he's a big human being. I mean, he also he's a bigger red zone target as we've seen. I I can't equate to Noah Gray's hands, but we've seen Jody Fortson bring in a lot of great grabs. The injury bug knocking on wood is a little concerning with Jody Fortson, but again, you know if we're looking for like a big body receiving tight end too, so we can kind of run a bit of a thunder lightning thing like the Patriots did with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I think in that case, the guy you want opposite Travis Kelsey is Jody Fortson.
0: Yeah, totally. Which I don't know if they're going to go a two tight end set, but that I've been saying that for a while, man, if, if the chiefs ran a two tight end set at the goal line, I mean, th- that would just be so many weapons for Patrick Mahomes. And of course, Andy Reid with his circus plays at the goal line. I mean, that would, that would be genius, by putting two tight end sets close to the goal line. Big bodies, but again, now we have like a completely different wide receiver core that that might make up for it. You know, having now we can do one on one plays with Juju, MVS. I don't know mm-hmm. about Sky Moore, uh, so we'll see what we'll see what happens there. Um, Justin Watson, also, you know, a couple. I am on the Justin Watson train. I love him. I can't wait to see him. I don't think he'll ever be wide receiver two or three, but I wouldn't be surprised if like for one game against the Broncos, he has three touchdowns. You know what I mean? He's, 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 he's that type of player that can be explosive and can just go off. I'm trying to think if we've had a player like that before. I don't, I don't think we have. He's like a, he's like a, um, a Robert. No, not Robert Woods. He's like a, Devonte Parker or something you know like a really good a really good wide receiver that's not going to make the Pro Bowl but he can have four touchdowns randomly at one point just because he's he's quick no one's looking at him and Pat's going to find him
1: Yeah, dude. Reliability. And I mean, to be honest, everyone keeps talking. Oh, Pat's had Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Okay, guys, I'm going to remind you that this is still within the last decade and the Andy Reid tenure that our receiving core has often been so bare that Alex Smith went an entire season without throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. (laughs) Lest we forget... So I don't want to be hearing all this stuff. That's right.
0: How could I forget? Didn't we make the playoffs that year? We did.
1: I think we won the division that year. I think that was like, Unbelievable, dude. Oh my gosh, that dude. That was with Andy. Like, So what, what I'm saying is like, we really have been making some chicken salad out of a bunch of uh, <laughs> other parts of the chicken, so to say. So the fact that we even had you know, Travis Kelsey as our second best receiving option as a tight end kind of kind of speaks volumes we're not the pittsburgh steelers over here we can just like go and draft you know uh some rando scrub from south carolina tennessee state and he winds up being you know juju smith schuster level good we're we're not the steelers okay
0: how do the steelers do that like they they have
1: george Pickens. george pickens is never going to see the field but he's amazing (laughs) i mean it's 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 very true george pickens well, we knew Pickens had a bunch of talent. It was his injury-slash-attitude uh, that people were worried about, which, you yeah. know, knowing the Steelers, that they seemed to also have a knack for attracting that type of person. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you see different teams do that throughout history. It's like, uh, you know, for a long time, probably up until Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like the Chiefs were the bastion of running backs. you going back to, like, Christian Okoye, right. Mark Salen, uh Priest-Holmes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, I mean, other teams, too— uh, I suppose you could say the Packers were always had a knack about like having a number one wide receiver, you know, from like Donald driver to Greg Jennings, to Devante Adams, Yeah, you
0: know, Well, I actually, I actually have something to say about the Packers, but it looks like you do too.
1: I was just going to say, and last but not least got to give a shout out to Sam. Uh, the current like king of wide receiver drafting is the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, the Minnesota
0: Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're very oh. good. I, you know, I'd, I, I was teasing Sam, but I'm not really teasing Sam. Like, the Vikings is a very fantasy-friendly offense. Oh yeah, dude. and I don't think they're ever going to sniff the Super Bowl. But boy, am I! Boy, do I want all of the like Minnesota Vikings offense stock for fantasy. Like, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that I draft right before Sam. Like, I'm like. Pick number five, and he's pick number six, and I just snipe all of his dudes.
1: Well, it's it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking today. I was like scrolling through my phone over lunch. And I'm like, you know, what? I want to watch the Vikings play this year. I'm like, there's a lot of like skill player talent in that. Oh, team. totally. <laughs> you know,
0: Total. I mean, Irv, Irv Smith is the tight end, right? I I love Irv Smith. I think I think he looks great, and he just hadn't seen the field because of injury. So I would I'd love to see how they play. But again, I've, I don't think they're going to do very well. But it's a fun team to watch.
1: They also have Kirk Cousins prime on their team.
0: Speaking about unfun teams to watch, this is a hot take kind of. Yeah, it's not really a hot takey, but I just hate the Packers and I hate Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers has this new it's not even that it's a new offense, but it's there's a lot more. There's a lot more weapons that he has to deal with. Mm -hmm. Why not have him see
1: the field at all in preseason? Right. He didn't see. Did he see the field at all? It's probably in his contract, like Aaron Rodgers probably has like 51% stake in the Packers now. So even if like the entire city of Green Bay and David put their shares together, they couldn't overrule Aaron Rodgers. Still, if I'm if, if I'm David and I am the owner of the Green Bay
0: Packers, don't don't you want some like some chemistry with Christian Watson? If he's going to be your wide receiver one, although it looks like it's going to be Alan Lazard. Also, where was Christian Roth- Watson? Is he also injured? He does not deserve to be sitting in in a preseason game. He's a rookie.
1: Uh you know, if if I that's a good point. Why was Christian Watson sitting? Oh look Uh, I but no I mean if if I if I'm the Packers, you got three time back to back reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers like dude, he's gonna he's gonna make receivers work. You know, he's he's what now thirty eight, something like that. He's been around the block. He's played with some absolute bum scrubs in his time. He's also made some like bum scrubs look great. For example, Greg Jennings, you know, Greg Jennings may have been a little bit overrated just because he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. The jury is still out in Devonte Adams exactly how good he is. Or was he just, you know, Aaron Rodgers flavor of the week? Who's so going to throw to him.
0: I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I feel like, yes, Aaron Rodgers can play with scrubs, but scrubs like Jimmy G can walk over him in the playoffs. So okay. <laughs> he has to develop he has to develop some chemistry,
1: man, with these new guys. Dude, Aaron has a knack for doing what we did against the Bengals in the second half of the oh, AFC totally. game. Oh, totally. Choke Central, baby. Well, it, it's like a combination of like it's not just choke central, it's like completely abandoning the run. It's just like play, when yep, you yep. it's like when you play Madden and you look at half and you're like, oh, my spread for plays was like 24 passing five rushing. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't just keep chucking the ball and punting. You know, at some point you got to take it back and just manufacture a drive. So,
0: and that's another reason like why I joke with David, but I'm not really joking with him. It's like, <laughs> use Aaron freaking Jones. Aaron oh, yeah. Jones is amazing. Put him as the, yes, of course, AJ Dillon. He's wonderful. Cool. But like, in the playoffs? Are you kidding me? You're not going to utilize one of the most talented running backs in the NFL when you have Aaron Rodgers that's trying to go beast mode? Like like you said, look at look at the Chiefs and the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes, one of the only times that he has flown too close to the sun was during that time. He said, I can take care of this. I can do this. When the answer was right in front of them, they just decided to go rogue. And Aaron Rodgers will fly closer to the sun than Patrick Mahomes because Aaron Rodgers is high all the time and he doesn't know where the sun's at. Yeah, what's what was he smoking kombucha
1: or whatever it was?
0: <laughs> Anastasia.
1: <laughs> any any last thoughts, Reese? Before we go review a beer. Uh, I think uh, I don't think there are really any huge losers in this game. Uh no, no, um, not really. I mean, just uh, J- Joshua Williams didn't look great. Oh, here's, here's a conversation. Uh, we can talk about this and then go to the beer. But Jordan Love, dude, is it is it at the point where we have to start asking if Jordan Love just doesn't have it?
0: There, there was a couple plays with Jordan Love, but yeah, for the most part, not really. Did Jordan, did he ever use his legs at, at UCLA? You know, I'm wondering what the Jordan Love hype is well, or was.
1: You know, just because I know Sam's listening, he's going to call us out. Jordan Love went to Utah State, didn't he? Oh, sorry, sorry. I was thinking yeah. of another guy. Yeah, no, no gotchas on this show. Uh, so, <laughs> I, th- I know, um, you know. I, I think he was. I think he was technically a dual threat. He was more of a passing QB, but like he had legs. I think he was kind of like Alex Smith esque in that regards. It's just weird watching him play because he's been there now for what three years at least, and he's playing with an offensive minded coach supposedly in Lafleur and behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time with Aaron Rodgers and honestly looking at his arm like I think he's got a pretty good arm I don't think he's nah, got like a good arm he's got a noodle arm or anything but he just he always seems to be like processing everything he doesn't seem to have like any natural flow for the game he's missing targets that aren't just like dead center of the field it's just like it, he's, he's weirdly not passing the eye test because looking at his tangibles he does pass the eye test in those regards he's weird he's like uh what's what's that what's
0: that guy that had the best uh draft day on the Raiders and he was the worst uh Jamarcus Russell. Oh gosh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz like you you're right. There's nothing there's nothing glaring, you know, by his performance, but there's nothing that excites you as an NFL fan, right? There's nothing that he does where I go, "Ooh, okay, this guy can make it in the league," or "Ooh, that was something very impressive." Most of it's just kind of middle of the road. Uh, maybe he's just going to be a a journeyman in the NFL and yeah I mean that that's that's a good debate to have that we don't have to have right now is like when Aaron Rodgers leaves are they just going to try to get whatever value they can from Jordan Love or are they going to
1: try to use him you know he, he kind of reminds me play style of like man this is hard like he kind of reminds you like Marcus Mariota with a better arm and slightly less athletic legs mm. Because like Mariota has that same thing too, where it's like I'm watching you, I'm like, yo, you got a pretty good arm. Yo, you got good legs. He's why- a bad decision maker, though. Yeah. It's like you're a bad decision maker. You never seem in sync. Why can't why aren't you playing better?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I he he must have the yips or something. Cause like whenever I watch Marcus Mariota, I think the same thing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy's mobile. This guy can throw, but he makes just awful decisions. Where Jordan Love made bad decisions, but I don't know. It's just it's just not there. I think he's going to end up being a journeyman and, you know, he'll stay in the league because he does have like a lot of good skills, but nothing that's going to win you a playoff game.
1: Fun reminder Marcus Mariota is the starter for the Falcons this year, isn't he? That's right. And if you want a fantasy tip, give me all the Kyle Pitts and
0: all the Drake London stock. Give it all to me because there's no one else on that team and someone has to catch balls. London Bridge is stonking up, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Speaking about catching, let's catch some sniffs on some beers, some taste on some beers in our beer review.
1: it's everyone's favorite time of the podcast that's right it's time for this week in craft beer the segment of the show where we talk about something going on this week in craft beer and also review a delicious craft beer for your listening pleasure However, we don't have a story about what's going on in craft beer this week, because honestly, it's been a pretty dead week in craft beer. I looked up some stories, nothing really worth talking about. Guess what? Pumpkin Spice beers are going to be back. Schlafly making the best one. Everyone else, I can probably live without. So just heads up, that's in craft beer. Congratulations.
0: True story. um, Tomorrow, Starbucks releases your favorite
1: pumpkin Uh. spice latte. Dude, the PSL—they changed the PSL the second year I worked there, and like it tastes—the syrup tastes like sunscreen now. I don't know what it is, but there's like sunscreen in there. Uh, I do remember a distinct change. Yep, it from, used to be a little uh, more sweet and a, like a lot more pumpkin pie flavored. Now it's like lightly yeah. pumpkin and spiced and huh. lightly latte Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, I will. I am a sucker for. <laughs> Um, I am a sucker for the PSL race, so I will be getting one tomorrow, and
1: we'll be enjoying every sip. One thing I will tell you, going on crappy right now, that we've been talking about, and this is just like our buy stock now sort of thing, is loggers, particularly the concept of these cold IPAs or IPLs or whatever you want to call them. Reason being, this week, or this past week, Armando came through Kansas City and was way back from Glimmerglass. It was great. Went to chicken and pickle, played some bags, drank some beer. Fun times were had by all. However, I was finally able to drop off a stockpile of beer to Armando that I've been keeping track of for the better part of eh, four or five months. There were some beers I meant to bring with me when I went to Wyoming in April, and I forgot, and he finally got his hands on those. Uh, but one I wanted to give him in particular was City Barrel's unexpected appearance, a cold India pale ale. Just as a refresher course, I know we've mentioned this a few times, but the concept of a cold IPA is that it's essentially an IPA recipe, but brewed with lager yeast at rot lager temperatures. So, as the name states, it's cooked lower and slower and longer than a basic ale. And then this bad boy is dry hopped with mosaic and strata hops. So, enjoying the crispy fun today is Armando and Reese. Well, yeah, that's right. So, we're doing what are we doing, Reese? We're doing a dual a dual review today well i have had this before so i kind of want to i want to get your opinion on this and i'll just kind of like echo your sentiments or give you my two cents on it so because i think this may be the first cold
0: ipa i've ever had unless i had one with you i don't we haven't had one together so okay then then i think this is going to be my first cold ipa because again i left the brewery scene about a year and a half ago and cold IPAs were not a thing yet cold IPAs have been a thing as of like six months ago maybe trending Mm -hmm. so this is this is very new so I am excited for a new Armando taste bud experience and here we go all right pouring this into my
1: My sporting boulevard glass, Mm, dude. Sporting having a great year this year, they've been so much fun to watch. I love being a fan.
0: Mm. Wait, I just heard a a knock on my door. Let me open it.
1: Kyle, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, Kyle here to talk about sporting Kansas City and all the stuff going on. You know, it's it's a bunch of crap anyway, but. My Kyle impression is not very good. Yeah, we're right,
0: see you, Kyle. Have fun in LA. Oh, I will.
1: Okay, bye, guys. Good seeing
0: you, Kyle. Miss you, Kyle. I miss Kyle a bunch. What too. if what, what if we had Ghost Kyle on? <laughs> and ghost like, Kyle. <laughs> we had we had a Ghost Kyle segment. <laughs> what would those segments entail? just like the most random takes about life but also like the most nuanced takes about sporting kc and the royals
1: if you would like to hear ghost kyle segments we could maybe convince kyle like once a week or at least once a month to like just record two minutes of him rambling about something and then like we'll put it on the podcast and give our takes on it it's like, it's
0: like the most profound two minutes, and we end up spending five hours discussing the two minutes that he talked
1: about. <laughs> uh, the reason why The Crow is actually a cinematic masterpiece. Bye, cut. <laughs> All right, so for those of you just joining us for the first time, we grade these beers with five categories being appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. And with every category, we give it a rating on one to ten, one being Repug, and ten being darn delightful so armando first things first what is the appearance of this bad boy all right appearance
0: so i'll describe it i put it in a glass um the bottom of the ipa is and it could just be the light so let me hold on let me yeah okay well no it's not the light it's like the bottom of the ipa is incredibly light but as you get closer to the foam it be, it begins to get very thick and like a very dark yellow. So I get like super light yellow on the bottom, almost like lemonade, mm-hmm. and then it, it kind of looks like an Arnold Palmer, where like where like the iced tea part of it is just thick on the top. And I don't know if I I don't know scientifically why that's that, but that's just what it looks like to me. Probably the different density of
1: the whatever makes the beer, you know, because beer is a solution, so. but like
0: wouldn't wouldn't the wouldn't it be dense on the bottom which is so curious to me like if you're drinking a hazy ipa a lot of the sediment or things like that will then like go to the bottom and not rise to the top so Hmm. i don't think i've ever seen that before like think of like an arnold like i said an arnold palmer where it's not exactly mixed lemonade and iced tea it's like still trying to mix it could just be the light that i'm under right now but Kind of, pretty kind cool of, yeah. i kind of dig it man how about a how about a 9.1 Ooh, 9.1
1: coming out strong just because i've
0: never PAs. i've never seen something like this and it's an ipa it's not a
1: like it looks like a lager very much so but mm-hmm. apparently it's not all right well love it category number two then aroma what's this cold ipa smell like all right hmm
0: What were the hops in this again? Mosaic and Strata, dry hopped. Oh, okay. Strata, I'm not as familiar with. I just remember Strata being like one of those experimental hops a couple years ago. Um, But a ton of grapefruit on this guy actually smells really similar to like what we used to do with our galaxy hops. So I'm surprised there's no galaxy in this guy. Um, also get a lot of orange rind in there as well. So very, very bitter, uh, bitter smelling. I don't smell a lot of sweetness like I do on some of the other IPAs like vanilla or coconut. And these are more bitter, um, bitter smelling hops to me, which is cool. And I, I figured Strata's is going to have that anyway. So how about an 8.7 8. on smell?
1: Love it. I, I get some earthy notes in there too, to be honest. It's a, it's a very green, hmm. earthy, herbal kind of hops along with the orange i'm not getting a lot of that but i uh, oh
0: maybe i mean, maybe that's what i associate with rind too like a d- orange rind does have some of that earthiness to it so maybe okay. that's what i mean as well nice
1: all right moment of truth then flavor does the cool ipa live up to all the hype okay
0: what is this called again? A cold IPA. Because mm-hmm. this... This tastes like a pale ale almost.
1: Yep. Uh, another common term for a lot of old school people that were Cicerone say, Well, these cold IPAs have been around forever. And the actual name is an India Pale Lager.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've had that. Yeah, this taste more to me like a very hoppy pale ale as opposed to an IPA Um, because it's like it's thin but you still get all the flavor of an IPA which is like if you think of like dale's pale ale or if you think of i don't know maybe one of yours too one of one of boulevard standard pales um it tastes very similar in texture so i'm trying to like distinct why a cold apa is different let me do another sip
1: I'll, while you're sipping that i'll tell you for me with the pale ale thing like you mentioned to me this tastes like a very earthy uh crackery pseudo soup
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I was, I was just about to say that you do get the like crispy, um, carby texture that you wouldn't get from a pale ale and you wouldn't get it from an IPA, but something that you get from a lager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a melting pot of beer. And then they... It came out like this.
1: It's great. <laughs> it's dude. like
0: let me put an IPA, let me put a pale ale, let me put a pilsner, and let's see what comes out. And it kind of tastes like that, but like in a very good way. Um, yeah, flavor. I, I love the flavor because you get the IPA flavor, you get the crispiness of a lager, but you also get the lightness of a pale. Um, very, very unique. And because of its uniqueness to like Armando's brain, um, I don't know if it's like the best thing out there, but just because of how unique it is, and nine.
1: 5. Oh, baby. 9.5 on flavor. Yeah, This is cool. Like, you
0: know, for those of you out there that have not had a cold IPA and you like this section of our podcast and enjoy beer, you have to try this. I'm, I'm really glad I've I had this right
1: now because it's like. It's very unique. Here's the only downside: is that these are very hard to find. I mean, this, is, this isn't like finding a, a Japanese first edition holographic Charizard on the ground, sort of hard to find. But you know, <laughs> not not Charizard, nah, Charizard, the Mega Charizard. Uh, no, um, wait, do you
0: really say Char-
1: Charizard, right? Char- did I say Charizard? Charizard. Yeah. Char- I think I, was one of well, the I kids just said <laughs> Charizard, but whatever. He's Char right, no Charizard is the is the Zord that like the Power Rangers get together and it's just like some dad wearing like new balance and he's grilling outside. He's just charring as a Zord, you know.
0: This this has to be the like five second clip that we put to promote the podcast. It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I was like, what are we listening to? This I didn't see like it.
0: Ka- Kawhi Leonard is like in the in the middle of the, <laughs> the middle of the Power
1: Rangers with his with this New Balance, yeah. <laughs> driving his like Plymouth. What, what's he drive? He drives like that Plymouth minivan or something, doesn't he? Yeah, he drives like a like a two thousand nine
0: like Ford Ford. Uh, I don't even know. It's like a Ford F one, like Ford F one hundred one. That that he inherited from Tim Duncan or something. Yeah, it's amazing that those two like came you know within the same time and essentially the same person, but Tim Duncan much more of a leader.
1: Dude, can you imagine? Could you imagine if they would have swapped out like I don't know, Manu Ginobili in another dimension, and instead of Manu Ginobili they had Kawhi Leonard. So they had oh yeah, Kawhi in his
0: prime with Tim in his prime and Tony Parker. Ooh, oh my goodness nasty it would i mean it, it worked for a little while and then kawaii i don't know that, that's a whole nother
1: podcast but anyway <laughs> that's that's not a cold take like this cold ipa <laughs> moving on to category number four is mouthfeel what is this guy like in the mouth
0: yeah kind of kind of like uh well let me do one more because this is really good yeah kind of already chatted about it but incredibly light in the mouth and you you don't get that with ipas even with like even with chill IPAs, right? Not even hazy, but just like West Coast IPAs that are lighter in nature than hazy. Um, I've never had something this light and have the same flavor and texture as an IPA. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like that. And I wonder, what's the, what's the ABV on this guy? And it's still regular AVB, 6.3. Mm-hmm. I think, like, if, if I work at a brewery, I think the perfect like conglomerate of this because we're starting to see a trend of like, people having more loggers and less IPAs. If they can figure out how to do a cold IPA and keep it crushable, like a, like a four or a five percenter. Like I think this could surpass like a logger market almost because it's just, because you get really good flavor on it, man. And, and for it to be light and like on a summer day, boy, it'd be great. How about a, how about an 8.3 for the mouthfeel? Just because my preference is normally thick. Um, i still i still appreciate it for what it is though so
1: I, yeah how about that i can tell you you mentioned this before about how light it is and how crushable it is uh you know i will say this is the best pool beer i've ever had in my life i had a couple of these guys just like oh, sitting on yeah. a floor at our complexes pool and it's just like nirvana entirely oh i bet oh uh, yeah because like you know i
0: i love a, a chill beer that like for the all at Glimmerglass, I was just having PBRs and, like, something cheap because I was poor at Glimmerglass. But, like, in the summer months, having something chill with a cold IPA, a cold IPL, give it to me every day, man.
1: Love it. All right, then category number five is aftertaste. Given the fact it's an IPA with lager yeast, do you get any sort of funky aftertaste on this you wouldn't expect? Uh, this is where the paleo comes in because, uh, like,
0: a big quality for me... Like when I can tell something is a uh, pale as opposed to an IPA is is the aftertaste. There's way much. There's way more bite on a pale ale than there is anything else when it comes to aftertaste, and that's the quality that I'm getting on this cold IPA, where it's very bitter on the back end. I'm getting a lot of that orange rind that I smelled from the beginning, uh, which is cool. I like that. I mean, not my favorite. I do love a sweet a sweet back end as opposed to. Um, something super hoppy or super riny like this is yep uh but but again it's cool that you have this melting pot of beer styles kind of um coming together so how about an 8.2 for aftertaste
1: all right a2 on aftertaste then armando probably the most interesting category for this beer to come up is our not so secret category the stonks drinkability quotient How does this beer make you feel if you had to just like freestyle
0: on this beer? Again, I I keep hyping this beer up and you know me, I'm a big hype man. I'm a big hot take guy. I'm giving this... What are we calling this category again? Sorry. <laughs> Stonk's Drinkability Quotient, my friend. <laughs> because those of you that have been here since season zero know that this has become an ever-changing category. So Stonk's Drinkability Quotient is going to be a 10, Reese, a 10.0, because this is one of the most unique beers that I've ever had. Like I've been saying before, we got a little bit of hazy in the Strata and the, and the Mosaic Hop, but we also have a traditional IPA quality of it with the hop. Um, with the bitterness. But then we also have the pale ale with the aftertaste. We have the texture of a lager. I mean, so many different things happening with this beer. And like you said, this is something that you would want to crush on a summer day. And uh, now that the summer months are fading, the summer days are fading. Tomorrow is a pumpkin spice latte day at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm hoping, I. The, my, my one regret this summer is to go back into a time machine, grab some cold IPA from City Barrel called, unexpected appearance and chill by the herkimer reservoir and pour some of these down
1: oh dude that's probably one of the most poetic stonk drinkability questions quotients we've had explained on this show uh you know one thing you have to do for me though is i need you to get out your phone do you have your phone by you i do can you scan that qr code for me oh uh, no is it going to be something crazy i don't know it's the qr code here we go
0: PR code scan going to YouTube. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Dude, this just went from a 10 to
1: 11. I just got Rick rolled, dude. So that's been my theory this whole time when that's I read Rick rolled when I read the descriptor of the beer on the menu paired to the fact it's called unexpected appearance and it has that QR code. I'm like, I bet that's going to Rick roll Armando. So I have not scanned that QR code since like I what? had this first. You, y- you April. made me be the martyr of the of the scan code. Yeah, dude. It's like the curse in the ring. You don't want it. You got to pass it off to somebody else. So thank you for taking that bullet for me. That's a true friend right there. City barrel
0: Rick rolling me, man. At least I didn't get iced or anything.
1: Oh, my gosh. I all the time in D um i will say so the story behind me first having this beer was i went to city barrel with my parents when they were in town because i know they're like hazies and to be honest, honestly makes a lot of fun really good beer totally. so look at, looking at the beer menu making a flight and my dad gets this as one of the beers in his flight uh and he really likes he's like oh Reese, you should try this i'm like okay yeah sure sure so i try it and i'm just like holy crap dad you have good taste. The fact that you like this beer means that you have, like, really good taste. You know, this this isn't like eating frosted flakes. You know, this is eating a very refined <laughs> cereal, if that makes any sense. Terrible descriptor. Terrible descriptor. But uh, I, I was blown away. And I'm like, yeah, Dad. I'm like, this this is actually really good. And I got some more info on it. And I talked to, to James at City Barrel about it. He told me some more, you know, info on the beer. And, uh, yeah, no, this is a fantastic beer. And I have to ask, because... You gave it a last second 10 on Stonk's Drinkability Quotient. Does this qualify on Mount's Crushmore?
0: Oh, man. Well, I mean, it, it, technically, it would have its own, its own category. So, it, I guess it, in its own category, it could. But, no, I don't think I'd put it on Mount Crushmore just because um, Mount Crushmore is reserved for, at least for me, something flavor-wise that's just going to wow my world. Where, like, this is very unique and one of the most unique beers. But, again, not something that I'm going to drink and be incredibly wowed by the flavor. Like, I've had this flavor before if that makes sense i I just haven't had it all in different perspectives like this isn't the greatest strata mosaic hop like balance that i've had it's very good not saying anything bad about this beer it's just mount crushmore is reserved for the mega giants of the beer world so i will not put this on mount crushmore but this does not mean that I mean, everyone in Kansas City right now, do not walk, run to your liquor store to see if there's any more of these because you just you just have to experience it.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's really fair. I think I really wanted to put it on Mount Crush when you gave me that ex- that expression just now that like this beer says something that like no other beers have. I'm like, yeah, I'm like Hetty Topper says something that no other IP I've ever had says the boulevard yep. dubbin double, double bourbon barrel aged imperial style that was in like buffalo trace barrels yep, that's the stuff. prairie all right. Mm-hmm. yeah that says something. things haven't said what else do we have on there
0: Ooh, i always forget um i personally uh i still need you to have it but i had um weld works um extra extra juicy bits that was mm-hmm. um I forget what it was. I think it was their Citra. No, no, no. It was their Nelson. It was their Nelson. Extra, extra juicy bitch, which is just their their double hazy. That's um, Nelson. It was. It's phenomenal. It's it's beers like that where they like you figured out the ratio of like how how many hops you put in with the malt and like and it just like it is amazing, right? Like heady topper. We'll we'll probably never find out what the ratio is of like the hops that they put in. They just figure it out, and it's it's a work of art, man. Man, it's I, freaking Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali, man. Uh, I, is I that even say, his first name? I don't even know. I just made that up. No, you got it. You killed it. <laughs> okay, good. Good, I think, good, good. I think I put Changeling
1: on Mount Crushmore. That's a dark sour blend.
0: So uh, I, wait, have I have I had Changeling? That That is not... Um, that is not the sour or your uh flower child
1: no it, it's, it's in the same okay. vein as love child but like it's dark child i funkier. apologize yeah it, got it i've got i got a bottle of it if you're ever interested in trying it but that's a ball i'll see you in a little bit so uh yeah but man we, we got to go back some and figure open. out i feel like we're missing some other ones on mount Crushmore though
0: yeah there has to be so we had there has to be a stout on there
1: right that, i know we the, did the, the prairie ale one. one yeah
0: there's nothing else that we
1: put on there. An IPA, a sour, yeah, a head- stout.
0: Oh, um, the 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 Bierstadt. Uh, oh, of course, the the Pilsner. The, the, Pilsner, yeah, yeah. I think, Honestly, I think that's if it. once you have the Pils and the Hellas, like both the best, like oh. of like the best Pils and best Hellas I've ever had. Ooh. I mean it's it's truly amazing what they're doing out there which i will um stay tuned ladies and gentlemen we will we will live tweet reese's reaction to uh to when he
1: goes to Bierstadt in a few weeks i can't wait dude i'm gonna drink all the beers at Bierstadt, and i can because they're clean and they won't give me a hangover because they're wonderful delicious clean low ABV beers yeah truly i mean man it's gonna be great yep all right, well, thank you for sticking around today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is one of the last episodes we'll be doing before technically... The season starts. Oh, my gosh. Are we transitioning to season five, technically? Dude.
0: I, wait, season... Wait, no, we're not on season five. No, but we're did I just
1: f- Did I just grow, like, three gray hairs right now? No, I, I'm just saying, we're, we're in season four right now. Do we want to jump to season 5 as the start of the NFL season or do we want to start season 5 at the end Wait, of the NFL season? Are we really in season 4 of Found City Sports Media? We so we we've, we've usually gone football season off season football season off season to seasons. So it's like oh, we're in 4 right I see. now. Wait, I've been thinking of it completely different. I've been thinking of it. <laughs> I thought we're we're in season 3. No, the episodes on, like, Spotify and stuff should say we're in Season 4. Maybe not on Spotify, but Apple don't. I don't read that stuff. It's the fine print, man.
0: The fine print. Season... Uh, Dude, uh, Season 5, I feel like we're, like, in the middle
1: of, like, a a Friends franchise right now. (laughs) No, uh... Okay, fine. We'll we'll stay in Season 4. We'll stay in Season 4. It's only been, like, 17 episodes in Season 4, anyway. So that's crazy what are we at right
0: now episode wise we have to be at like 120 110 probably around 120
1: yeah because we had we had the 100 episode of stravaganza with in uh, march yeah with project b remember that
0: so crazy man
1: yep time keeps on slipping we've we've made it we've made it so far yeah man
0: let's see where we at 100 114 episodes right now
1: wow that's pretty
0: good yeah dude going yep. strong ladies and gentlemen a reminder to keep donating on patreon because we have proven that we we just keep going dude we're just reloaded for an exciting chief season with sky Moore about to reach for the sky juju about to reach for his tiktok account and uh mvs about to break some hearts
1: you know last thing i'll say very last thing so juju was actually at up down uh, a few weeks ago no I way i was not there Dude, so if Juju's there when we're playing uh, the Midway Cabinet, aka NFL Blitz 2000 and NBA and NBC, we have to challenge him, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I would,
0: I would tell Juju like, I will pay for your beers the entire night. You get whatever you want. It's on me. Yeah. Can I, can I just play like one quarter of Blitz with you?
1: Dude, one. Qu- I'd buy him a bottle if he'd let me like play a game of Blitz with him. Oh, my gosh. Also, Juju going
0: to Uptown is cool.
1: That's very on
0: brand, yes. Like, the, <laughs> is, is that on brand for Juju, though? I feel like Juju would go to, like, Dave
1: & Buster's in, like, oh. in the north. Juju's an act. As I understand, Juju's an actual game connoisseur. So, like, the things they have really? at Uptown would, like, be up his alley. Speaking of which, uh, recently added, since the last time you've been here, two pop Shots. Really? Yep. So... Now we have to add the physical challenge to our up-down oh, tournaments where we show up down. Yeah, why didn't
0: up down for the longest time have that? Like, that's like a perfect thing that's for them to have. I
1: think space, probably space yeah but
0: there's a honest i mean i, I don't want to talk bad about Down, but there's definitely a lot of games that can go you know and oh, be for recycled sure. <laughs> for sure there, there's, some,
1: there's some pretty bad i mean especially for our generations like arcade games like pre-1988 it's just kind of like
0: eh, yes you know? by, by that point i mean i don't want to talk about how old we are but by that point a lot of those people are not going to Down. no like basically when you when you walk into Down, when you look to the left hot take i think they can clear that whole wall Ooh. and just recycle
1: well that is a pretty hot take i think street fighter 2 yeah. on that wall eh. yeah well oh well <laughs> okay well we should get the, we should get the beer the beer guy from up down on the show because they got they always got a good beer menu
0: they, they have a great list let's yeah. do it yeah let's get their let's get their beer guy the beer buyer done and done we'll make it happen all right all right Go ahead and send us off, Reese.
1: No, oh, no, you you hosted. You sent us off.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. Hey, thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you soon. I am so excited for Chiefs season. Uh, uh, what do we have? About 12, 13 more days. So we'll probably do one more podcast before we break down Chiefs cardinals but stay tuned actually tomorrow is the cut list for the chiefs so um let's hope uh, at least our you know let's hope at least jody fourth going to be there i'm hoping for it um otherwise we'll see you next time follow us on instagram let's get to 250 followers tomorrow peace
1: I'd like to thank you for joining us today on fountain city sports media this podcast is brought to you by listener support so consider becoming a friend of the podcast check out our patreon page at patreon.com fcsm to gain access to premium content including outtakes bonus episodes and exclusive beer reviews